if I just become a better student, it's going to help me become a better teacher. So I started double downing on reading books and going to seminars and doing immersion events and just constantly learning and doing even more on personal growth so I could become an even better teacher. Midweek Mastery, here we go again. I don't know if you're listening by yourself or with some friends, but we're about to spit some lines, about to educate you. Treat it like school. Don't be a fool because you know learning is cool. Here we go again, Midweek Wednesday on the mic. Mike and Andrew, at my dismay, we're about to give you all the things that you can play back and forth, forth and back. Let's go. Consider me the white, handsome version of Harry Mack. Here we go, everybody. Wacky Wednesday, Wednesday mastery. Let's do this thing. I want to put people in a place where they feel they're working inside of their genius. It's important for us as the owners of the organization to say, what is in these people's genius where it's going to fill them up for them to do the role that we put them and assign them to? Also creating boundaries within the conversation or frame in the conversation of speaking the unspoken, where if their genius changes or if the role changes or if they're not really aligned or having as much an excitement for that role, then creating space for them to speak the unspoken. It's like, listen, if there's any point in time where you are not enjoying what you're doing, it's okay to be tough and being challenged. Like, that's a good thing. But if you're like truly disengaged, disenfranchised, completely unplugged, not enjoying it, I want you to be able to come to me and let me know. So that way, number one, we can either make it right or number two, we can make some changes. Because ultimately, if you're not satisfied or happy, the detriment that can create to the rest of the organization is why it's more important. It's important for you to be happy, whether that's here or not here. But we've got to make sure that you're in a good place in order for you to provide a great service to everyone else that's involved in the process. What do we need to start doing that's not happening? What do we need to stop doing that's not working? What do we need to keep doing that we want to continue doing well within this organization? We pair that up with what just happened, review some stats and data from the previous week. So that way we're not talking about feelings, we're talking about real results. So it's feel versus real. That way we can bring the conversation there. And then it's like, actually, I appreciate you bringing that up. Let's jam on that one-on-one. -on -one. I don't know if that's relevant to the rest of the group, but let's jam on that one-on-one. -on -one. Here's my link, get on my schedule so we could talk about that one-on-one. -on -one. They appreciate the openness that we could have dialogue individually, but also openly around these unspoken topics. Absolutely. So what I'm hearing you say is finding the zone of genius for a particular individual. And from my perspective, a lot of that has to do with personality. One of the things I like to give people is a personality test. My favorite is understand myself. A lot of people use CVI or different things. But when you give someone a personality test, you compare them with the role that's right for them. How do you create an easy onboarding process for your customer? We want that funnel to be as frictionless as possible as people are coming into the sales process from somebody who really has never heard about your company, but is a applying to being a raving fan, what's that process look like? And how do we make sure that the process from start to finish is professional, is respectful, is challenging, but also supporting and matches the culture that you're looking to give. And so that means that they need to have a great interview process. They need that to be quick and easy and professional, and they need to enjoy that experience if they're going to enjoy working with you. How have you really streamlined your training process to say, how do I want someone to feel at the end of day one? For instance, 
can you get their shirt size and their favorite candy bar in their onboarding survey. And then when they come back from lunch, it's sitting there on their desk, a shirt with your company logo on it in their size and their favorite candy bar. What is it that you really need to do to make sure that they feel great at the end of that day? Okay, well, let's extend that out. What about the end of their like onboarding ramp probationary period? How do you want them to feel? How do you want them to feel a year from now when they're sitting down for their first annual performance review? And what are the sorts of things you want to hear them saying about working with you, about working with the company in general? Because if you are able to turn somebody who's never heard about your company, it's just applying today into a raving fan and a champion of the culture in three, six, nine, 12 months, well, that's gonna do wonders for internal morale, it's gonna do wonders for retention, and ultimately your customers and your end users are going to have a better experience because of that. And to our point before, repeat business, word of mouth advertising, eventually they might move on, especially if we're working mm. with Gen Zers, the chance of them staying with your company for an extended period of time is very small chance because they hop around, are interested in a lot of different things, it's gonna mm -hmm. be tough to hold their attention. If you know that, we'll meet the marketplace where they're at. It's like, cool. If you're working with Gen Zers, it's like, what are all the skills that you want to learn over the course of the next couple of years of your life? Whether you're going through college, traditional education, or you're going through like YouTube University, or you just want to get into the workplace to learn new things. What are the skills that you want to develop? Is it self-confidence? Is it time management? Is it goal setting? Is it communication skills? Is it money management? What are some of the skills that you want to learn? It's like, cool. Well, one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to craft like kind of a syllabus. We have all these different departments within our organization that maybe there's some sort of rotation or role that we'll be able to rotate you around as you master one and graduate from one where you're good enough to teach that to someone else, then boom, we can move you into another position, another position, another position. So by the time you graduate from our program, you'll have all the skills that you want. Plus, you've always replaced yourself with someone else because you learn to teach and then you teach to learn and you continue to do that. So by the time you're done, you could either advance within our company, you could franchise or you could do something or you can move into the next endeavor that you're on to but you've left a legacy and you have a lineage of talent that you left behind within our organization that's on brand with our culture. If I'm a Gen Z or and I hear that, I'm like, sign me up. That sounds like a great place to work. What were some of the strategies, if you remember, how did you help me reveal what that authentic truth is for myself? One of the biggest processes that I'm a huge believer in is just reflection. And so when we're trying to uncover something about you, one of the biggest tools we can use is reflection and just having some really good prompts to actually use when you're reflecting on yourself, when you're thinking about yourself. And oftentimes our biggest strengths, our biggest gifts are actually blind to us for a few reasons. One is we do them unconsciously. So we're not really thinking about, oh, well, this is really valuable. Oftentimes our gifts are blind to us because a, again, we're doing them unconsciously, so we don't even know what our strengths are. And then B, they come so naturally to us, we don't think they're valuable. So it's like, oh yeah, that's easy. Everyone can do that. But the reality is not everyone can do that. Not everyone can get in front of a group and speak. Not everyone can crunch numbers the way you can crunch numbers. Not everyone can sit down one-on-one -on -one with somebody and have a conversation and change their perspective in 30 minutes and 60 minutes the way you can. The reality is we all have different strengths and you have some that you need to uncover. So what comes easy to me that other people struggle with? What do people naturally come to me with when they have problems? These are some general reflections that I see. The other one I would just say is, what do you enjoy doing? What kind of lights you up? What excites you? So when you are excited to do something, when you're passionate, when you feel really alive and it feels like, oh man, this is so much fun. That's a really good clue that you're doing something that's playing to your strengths. Yeah. I specifically remember playing to that and thinking, okay, what does come natural to me? And I started thinking, I love teaching because 
I was speaking at the schools and I didn't want to become a teacher, but I love teaching sure. and breaking things down in a way that was simple. My philosophy was if I just become a better student, it's going to help me become a better teacher. So I started double downing on reading books and going to seminars and doing immersion events and just constantly learning and doing even more in personal growth so I could become an even better teacher. Yeah, yeah. And hey, can you speak a little bit more to CVI? Talk a little bit about the four quadrants of CVI and how to understand that a little bit more. Yeah. And I could talk about this for half a day, maybe even a whole weekend. So I'll give you the abbreviated <laughs> version of this. In fact, I have done long, long workshops on this. But there's some called tailorprotocolsinc.com is where you can go for that link. But you'll take the assessment, it'll give you a bunch of words, you choose the best one that describes you and the one that you align most with. And once you finish with the assessment, it'll give you two words and there's four words total, but you'll get two that are your dominant. We have all of these words, but there's going to be two that are dominant. The first one is a banker and a banker is knowledge. Knowledge is something that a banker really appreciates most is just learning, knowing as much as possible. A banker is someone who is typically very organized, very detail oriented is typically a banker. A banker is going to be someone who really enjoys teaching in that sense. A banker is someone who is conserving resources. A banker is someone who conserves resources as a banker. So these are some qualities and characteristics of a dominant banker. A dominant innovator is a lot of wisdom, a lot of creativity. Innovators love freedom. Innovators love flexibility. Innovators are very creative. It would be very common for an innovator to have tattoos or piercings or really love art. Big time musicians, a lot of innovators or musicians. Anything that has to do with creativity is going to be an innovator. An innovator can never get overwhelmed. So they can just learn and absorb so much information. And then there's a merchant. A merchant is very much connected to love and truth and connecting to people. These individuals, unlike anyone else, they could see the future. They're visionaries. They're people-oriented. They're getting people together. They get a lot of energy when they're around people, for sure. A lot of love, connection. And then the last one is builder, the person that leads the charge, the one that takes charge of the situation. You'll see a builder say, follow me. I got this. Let's do this. If they see a clear path, they are going to lead the charge through that path. They're very much action takers, very much decide and do type of people. They want to do it. They want short, quick, let's get it done. Let's do it now. Very much is going to be a builder, very action oriented, task driven, let's do this now type of people. So we all have all of those styles hmm. of a banker, innovator, merchant, and a builder, but that just kind of gives a brief overview and where the names came from and whatnot is an easy way to think about this. The builder would be the one who's leading the battle. They're on the battlefield. They're the fighters in the battle. The merchants were the ones that were gathering the people together and all the villagers to talk about what was happening in the uh, battle. They were getting everyone together, nurturing the babies, nurturing the kids, nurturing the families. The innovators were doing the creative strategy on how to win the battle. They were in the boardroom figuring out how to do that. And then the bankers were conserving all the firewood and all the resources, all the bullets, all the guns. So that way the village can win the battle. So that was kind of like hmm. an example of the history of where these came from. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And hopefully you guys got some notes there. There's tons of these models out there. So check out CVI. Another one I'm going to recommend is the Big Five Personality Test. I encourage you to go to understandmyself.com and take this one. What you're going to do is take a personality assessment. Don't answer the way you want to be. Answer the way you actually are. And then you're going to get a really detailed assessment of your tendencies. And this one is agreeableness 
how much do you like to keep the water smooth versus rock the boat? And if you're really high in agreeableness, you're going to be somebody who tends to be somebody who mediates situations and makes them smoother. You avoid conflict. If you are disagreeable, then you are going to seek conflict. Then there's neuroticism. How prone to negative emotion are you? How volatile are you? Are you somebody who's pretty moody and all over the place? Or are you pretty even keel? There's extroversion. How much do you like being around people versus being by yourself? And what gives you energy? If you're extroverted, you're going to gain energy by being around people. If you're introverted, then obviously you're going to lose energy by being around people and you're going to gain energy by being by yourself. Then there's openness to experience. How creative are you? How innovative are you? And the last one is industriousness. How task-oriented are you? How do you like to do that? Check out Wealth Dynamics from Roger Hamilton. Check out Understand Myself from Jordan Peterson. Check out CVI. These are great things to look at just to understand, oh, cool, this is my personality. And you got to understand, we do have different personalities. We do have different strengths. All right, Better Than Rich Show listener, thanks for sticking around to the end. If this episode inspired you, if it motivated you, if the connection that you're getting from our guests and from us resonates with you, we just want to extend a little offer to you to help you regain some time. Because one of the things that we've realized as busy entrepreneurs is that our time is the most valuable asset that we have in our business, but also with our families, with our health, with our personal growth, uh, all those certain things that we want to grow in our lives, they require time, they require energy. And we've launched a service that we've been doing for now for over a year that has a lot of traction in the marketplace that just sources a team of virtual assistants for you. And so if you've never had a conversation with a member of our Better Than Rich team before on our virtual assistant program, you're missing out. That's an opportunity to learn more about what we're up to. And ultimately, we help people regain 80, 100, 150 or more hours a month, every single month. And what might that do for you? What might that do for your life? What might that do for your family? And if you want to live a life that's truly better than rich, time freedom is a big part of that. So Mike, where can people learn more and why should people at least book a call with our team? Well, first, I think it's very simple for you to just go book a call. It's free. We'll hop on uh, with you, one of our team strategists, and we'll just poke around your business. Worst case, you figure out what your dollar per hour wage is and what your time is worth, and we'll at least make sure you leave with that. Best case scenario, we could give you a team of two or three or more virtual assistants to just get all of your admin offloaded. So make your way over to VA, that's VA as in virtual assistant, dot betterthanrich.com. So that's va.betterthanrich.com and book your call. All the details are on there. The pricing is on there. We're an open book. We just know that this service is really helpful. So va.betterthanrich.com and we look forward to our conversation with you soon.